364 days after heartbreak on penalty against the Seattle Sounders, Toronto FC stepped onto the very same pitch against the same opponent in the 2017 MLS Cup Final, hungry for revenge. Today on the series finale of the Northern Pitch Podcast, as promised, we're going out with a bang, with Jonathan Osorio joining us to discuss one of the biggest games of his career. Before we talk about the second meeting of Toronto FC and the Seattle Sounders, though, Tegwamoyo, what a run it's been on this show as we reminisce about the 2017 season, look back at some old stories, learn some new stories, and uh, much more from that historic season. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's It's been awesome, especially um, with, with the guests that we've had in and being able to hear all the different perspectives from kind of analysts to players that were on the team. Um it was it was just a really good learning experience and and I'm stoked for 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 this final um final episode. Yeah, I think as as much as I remember about that 2017 season, you know, as probably one of the biggest things I've ever covered in my um career so far, you know, it's still there's still so many things that I had forgotten and so many things that, you know, I I learned about in a new light during this show. So, um I yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun and I think this this final is one of them as well with uh, talking with Jonathan Osorio um, you just learn so much more about the process that went into it, about, you know, even his personal uh, mindset during that final. And, and I really enjoyed this interview. I think this is probably one of our best ones for the entire series. Uh, there's nothing else to say. Let's, let's get right to it, man. Let's, let's, let's let the people hear it. Perfect. On the other side of the break, Jonathan Osorio. We are pleased to be joined by Toronto FC midfielder, Canadian international, and of course, 2017 MLS Cup champion, Jonathan Osorio. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. No, thank you so much for uh, for having us. I know everyone's really busy right now. We, I'm just joking. We don't have anything <laughs> to do. So thank you for being on here. Um, without football, let's just jump right into it, um, kind of. Like, what have you been up to? Like, have you been training? Have you been, like, with the team or anything like that? What's What's... Yeah, we, um, so actually I live in downtown Brampton, uh, sorry, downtown Toronto, but I came out to Brampton to, to be with my family, uh, just cause, um, there's more, f- there was more fields around here, um, for me to go run at and stuff. So I decided to, to be staying here so that I can keep training. So yeah, I've been running every morning. We, we get our, we get our programs from our, from our coaches and, um, you know, they give us pretty much what, what they expect from us. And then we go and we do it. Plus, um, we also do uh, Zoom calls and we do, you know, group workouts as well and groups. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're still, we're still training every morning. Uh, it's just different. You know, it's not, of course, it's not the same being with the team, uh, actually playing with the ball and stuff. It, it's, it's been tough, but, um, but we're still training. And then apart from that, just, you know, trying to keep busy with, many things you know the normal things netflix any and new any new crafts FIFA. Uh... <laughs> i started doing puzzles actually i, oh, I never so. realized how much i love doing puzzles i finished my first one uh, a few days ago a thousand piece puzzle it took Jeez. me like a week though it was, that was crazy that's commitment no nah, well we got nothing else to do <laughs> <laughs> i feel that now that that's it, it, it's a scary time right now so but at least you guys are able to have those programs and and, and yeah whatnot. yeah it's uh, it's it's tough man it's tough for everybody you know like there's just many people everybody in the world is going through something um because of this pandemic you know whether it's losing their jobs or or even going to their jobs and being scared every day uh of getting it um you know things like that 
everybody's dealing with it in a different way, I think. And um, for me, I just try to keep fit and, and uh, keep positive with the thought that, you know, soon everything will go back to normal. Exactly. No. And, and like that, let's, let's transition a little bit more into this podcast. Um, we're, we're, we're talking about the, the finals here. So um, before we get into the game, let's, let's kind of look back at like the 2016 and kind of the lessons you learned coming from that MLS cup final loss. Um, and how did it kind of define the 2017 season that you guys ended up having? Yeah. So yeah, the 2016 final was, was crazy. It was, um, I think, you know, 99% of people who watched it will probably say we deserve to win that game uh, for the way it went. I mean, Seattle didn't have a shot on net and, you know, they end up winning the game in penalties. Um, when we when we look back at it, I mean, we, we played the game the way the, the game went or looked the way we wanted it to look. It was just that final ball, the final, you know, shot that wasn't going in for us. Plus, goalie made a fantastic save against Josie. Um we were kind of unlucky, but uh, with a definitely with a bitter taste in our mouths, and and that that just pushed us to to um, you know start 2017 right. We wanted we 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 set our goals really high. We wanted to go after the supporter shield. We wanted to win Canadian championship um, and MLS, and then go back to MLS Cup on the same year. We we put that as our goals from the beginning of that year. Something we didn't do in 2016, I think. Mm-hmm. In 2016, we we got on a roll towards the end of the year, and we kind of uh, had that momentum going into the playoffs, which got us to the final. Similar to um, just last year, 2019. Um, but 2017, we said no, like we're gonna try and go for everything, and uh, the team played really well, and and we ended up, you know, getting everything that 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 we strive for. Oh, that's that's cool to hear. Yeah, I remember uh, Seattle coach Brian Schmetzer saying after that 2017 win that he could tell the first game of the season for you guys was that 2016 MLS Cup, and you guys just were so motivated by that game that you you know built towards obviously winning it in 2017. But I wanted to talk about that year for you personally because um, obviously I think there were some some tough moments where you know you weren't starting as much as you're used to. But how did you stay positive and, and motivated so that when those big games came, uh, you were not only in the lineup but you know producing the way you did? Yeah, it was it was uh for me personally it was tough getting being out of the lineup for most of the year. Um something that I wasn't used to in my career to that point. Um it, it's it's the only year I've actually ever not been a regular starter mm-hmm. for most of the year. And that was tough for me, very tough for me mentally. Um I remember there was the one point where I was going into trainings. Um I wouldn't say with a bad attitude, but just, you know, a little bit of um, negativity for myself personally, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that negativity onto others, but just, you know, angry at the situation, uh, that I was in. Um, but you know, there came a point where, you know, I said, you know, it is what it is now. And I got to find my way back into the lineup little by little, it wasn't going to change overnight. So little by little, I started winning my position in training and um, and the coach started trusting me again and, and putting me in the lineup. And I think he, he, he tells me that I gave him no choice but to put me for him to put me in the lineup, which is which really helped my confidence and um, helped me push myself into there going into the playoffs. So, yeah, it was people say, you know, it was, uh, it was a some people say it's a tough year. Um, I don't think I was ever playing bad, badly. I think um, that there was just a 
a starting 11 that was gelling really well together. And I just so happened not to be in that 11 at that time. So they got on a roll. And of course, when you're in a roll, if I was a coach, I, I keep, I keep this 11 together. That's what's, you know, that's what, that's what is working at the moment. So, um, but I worked my way in and, and, and luckily for me, I was, I was in, in the most important games. Yeah, no, you, you really, you really did. And that's, that's another interesting thing to hear how you kind of were going at it kind of negatively, like just a mindset in your own, but you were able to, to turn that around. Um, during that season two, you're talking about that starting 11, you had a lot of stars. There was Josie, there was Seba, um, but there's also Victor Vasquez. Was there anything that you kind of learned playing with a player like that um, during that season? Oh, yeah. I learned a ton from Victor. Um, he's probably him and, like, as far as my position and the way I play, um, he's probably made the biggest impact uh, in my career. Um, him and, and I would say even even Benoit Cheru. But especially Victor um, just showed me a different, like, way of, of, of looking at the game. He, he, he had a vision for the game that nobody had. He would find space at the right times. Um, you know, he wasn't physically probably at the level of most of the players on the team, but um, he found a way with his, his, you know, his IQ to give himself more space at times where, where, where the space was, when to, when to dribble, when not to dribble, when to, you know, things like that. Those are little things I learned from Victor so much from that year. I mean, I just watched yesterday. Um, they're, they're showing our series with the Red Bulls um, during the 2017 playoffs. And um, that game at home, he was just he, – he was so good at, at getting us out of pressure and giving us a breath, you know, a fresh air of, of, uh, uh, to, to, you know, control the game, finally, finally uh, start – making passes and, and start controlling the game. And it was because of him. It was, it was his, you know, his individual, I guess, um, plays that, that helped us do that. The first thing I remember from, from before that 2017 MLS Cup final was, was getting the lineup sheet. And I think almost everyone had the same reaction, which was uh, how shocked we were that you guys were going to the 4-4-2 diamond instead of the, the 3-5-2 that you guys have played all year. Um, how long had you guys been working on that, and uh, why was it so effective for you guys in the final? Well, I think so. I think um, people that really like stuck with us the whole season and watched every game, you kind of saw it uh, during the season a couple of times, especially towards the end of the year. Um, mm -hmm. The coach, Coach Greg, uh, started to implement it um, a couple of times just to have you know see how that went and to see if we could have that in our back pocket just in case we needed to pull it out uh, during the playoffs. And, and I thought that was brilliant. That was, that was really smart of him. And in those couple of games, I remember we played a game against Philadelphia. He put it out, uh, I think, I don't know if it was the first or second time, but Philadelphia, we, we, we knocked them off the pitch, like 3-0, easy win. And um, it really got us going into the playoffs. So that gave us confidence. And then throughout the playoffs, he went back he, he reverted back to the uh, three five two, and before the playoffs, actually, I think there was like the three games before we were playing four four twos, and um, and then for the playoffs, he reverted back. He went back to the three five two, which you know is what worked throughout the whole year. So that was interesting. And then, yeah, I think for the final, he wanted at the time, um, I guess Michael, myself, Marky, and Victor were playing. We're all playing really well, and. 
so he needed to find a way to put us all on the pitch and that and this was the way to do it and he i guess he wanted the the best players at the time to be on the pitch and um and it ended up working out for us perfectly especially uh against the that seattle team yeah um just kind of piggybacking off of that you were talking about how you went from a 4-4-2 the three and switching formations is that kind of difficult um as a player like kind of going from playing on like one style to another like so back and forth in big games like in the playoffs especially like you're saying um it can be it can be uh for us i mean personally no for me no i think uh it's pretty easy for me to switch my mindset and and um and just give what the coach wants um but it is no but it is tough i think what what makes it easier is that we we were practicing these formations for 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 years now i think uh we used it a, a, a few you know we've used the diamond plenty of times in the years before that and then the 352 was a thing that came that year and and then we had the whole year where we got into the rhythm so we we knew how to use it um so in that sense no those, those, not those two formations it was, it was pretty easy for us to 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 adapt Awesome. And then, um, so speaking back into the game, Fry kind of came up big early in 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 the match. Um, was there any ever any like doubt, kind of like, oh no, it's it might replay again, like him just yeah. like standing on his head every time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it creeps in, it creeps in <laughs> a little bit into your head when he starts making all these saves. Uh, I know he made a save on me. Um, that was a great save. He made a save on myself. I think I save on on Seba as well in the first half. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, going into halftime, it, it creeps in. It creeps in a little bit, but, you know, we regroup. We go into halftime, we regroup. You know, everybody's very positive because we played a really great first half. And um, we say we keep pushing. We got to keep pushing. The ball will go in. We just got to keep pushing. And that's exactly what we did. We didn't take our, our, our foot off the, off the gas going into the second half. And, Eventually, it opened up for us, and, and Josie got that goal. Yeah, how much of a, of a relief was it then? I guess it was almost three hours at that point, or I guess a little over three hours at that point of soccer against Seattle. Finally, Josie breaks through and, and gets that yeah. goal, and the, the crowd just goes wild. A big, big relief, especially because I was cramping during those times. And uh, <laughs> I was like, damn. I think it was, what was it? I forgot what minute it was, around the 60th or 70th minute. Um yeah, and I, for some reason, I start I, I, personally. I'm starting to cramp a little bit, um, but you know we're pushing and and we're waiting and we're waiting for that goal. And when it goes in, yeah, it's a big relief for sure. We finally get it, and you can kind of start now feeling that it's a little bit closer. The 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 trophy is closer now. We just got to end this game uh, and finish strong. Um, <laughs> I remember Josie scored. We all went to that corner. Stadium was going crazy. We were all going crazy. I, I hugged. I went to Victor uh, Vasquez first, hugged him, went over to the corner, and I went to our physical trainer. I'm like, yo, I got like maybe max 10 minutes before I lose my hamstring. <laughs> and uh, he's like, all right, all right. He's like, go, go, go. Don't worry. 10 minutes. I go, I got 10 minutes. I'm cramping bad. So I played the next 10 minutes, and then, yeah, the coach, the coach subbed me at like 85th minute or something like that. And then the game was done. And then – Speak on just that that Vasquez goal and that moment um, when you kind of it was it was clear that you guys won. Like yeah. it was. Yeah. Well, no. When Victor when Victor put it in, it was like 
that was the relief like finally we could really breathe because mm-hmm. like one nothing one nothing we 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 were getting excited but there was still the game to play and the game was not over they had they had they had i think maybe like a half a chance um or maybe a good chance towards the end if i remember correctly and so we still had to defend we still we're, they're starting to pressure a little bit more as it as it always happens normally um but um yeah when victor scored just a sigh of relief everybody's you know ready to celebrate on the bench um I actually thought Armando was going to score that, and I, and I wish he scored that because uh, you know he's a good friend of mine, and that would have meant a lot to him. But yeah, he misses the opening, hits the post, and goes straight to Victor. But um, at that moment, I don't think anybody cared. Like we were just so happy, and we knew that finally the the trophy was coming home. Yeah, it was almost a funny moment because like everyone, there's like a split second where Armando hits that post, and you hear the stadium like, ugh. And then, and then yeah, it just bounces yeah, yeah. off Victor and goes in. So, um, yeah, an incredible moment. But I wanted to talk about big games in your career and um, what it's like playing and performing in those. Obviously, you've been a player who um, has performed very well in big games. Look back to the playoffs, 2016, the CONCACAF Champions League, the year after, obviously, that final, um, some national team games as well. Um, what's it about big games that, you know, you kind of rise to the occasion in them? Yeah, I think, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to, you know, I don't think there's an exact explanation for it. Just for me personally, big games um, is exciting. It's it's what you, I think any player plays for. Um, you know, I grew up watching a lot of big games. I watch a lot of soccer and, and the big games is when, I notice the big games is when everybody's watching. It's when more people are watching and it's when it matters most. So, for me, the bigger games is when you really want to show yourself and you really want to make an imprint because those are the games that people remember for the rest of their lives. So it's just like, I guess, uh, I don't want to say that I, I, I treat other games differently or or, or, or less importantly because I go into every game like it's, you know, I try to go into every game like it's a final, but I think when it actually is one, it's it's very easy for your mental to just switch into that mode and I think my level of concentration just, you know, it it, it, it just gets that much better. And um, yeah, I just love playing those games. They're, they're high intensity games and, and, and you know, what, what more can you ask for uh, being, a, you know, being a soccer player? Yeah, and kind of a lot of people like growing up, they want to be footballers, they want to be athletes, and then they like, it's an added bonus playing for your home team you were kind of able to become a professional footballer, play for your home team, and then win in your for your home team. What was that kind of like, um, doing all of that? No, a dream come true. Like, um, no other way to put it. A dream come true, a, a, a huge objective of mine realized. Um, you know, when I, came, when I came back from Uruguay, or I left Uruguay to come back home and try to get into TFC. That was my goal, to play for my hometown and to win a cup. Not only play, but I, I wanted to win an MLS Cup. And and that was huge for me. And it, it took five years of my career. Um, and, you know, it goes to show it's not easy. It's not it's not easy at all. And, um, yeah, when I won, it was amazing. The 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 best probably moment of my life got to share with my family on the field after the game and uh, a moment I'll, I'll never, ever forget. Yeah, there's a moment I'll, uh, 
I'll never forget, I guess it was you and Ashton Morgan and D-Row hugging in the middle of the field right after you guys yeah. won MLS Cup. What was what was that moment kind of like? And, you know, the, the three hometown boys realizing that, you know, they'd accomplished a dream. No, that was that was amazing. Uh, I remember, I remember the moment, but then uh, I also seen it on video. They captured it. I didn't even know the cameras were around us, um, but they ended up capturing it, which was pretty cool. I, I couldn't, I couldn't hold my emotions. It was just so like, it was too much. Um, you know, we finally did it. Uh, you know, after, you know, the club. You know, earlier in the earlier days, we used to get scrutinized a lot, and and and. Um, you know, it was tough in those days. So you remember those days and um, finally you win. It was just an amazing moment. I couldn't hold, you know, hold back my emotions. And then, you know, one of my best friends, Ashton's there with me, hugging me. And then I didn't even realize it was Dero. It was so cool. After I look up in his Dero, you know, a club legend and, and a good friend of mine also hugging us and we're all happy, all hometown boys. Uh, like, yeah, what a what a moment. It was amazing. Yeah. And then you, you know, you guys go into celebration mode, you have that victory parade, which, you know, in the middle of December, I mean, thinking back to that, how many fans were out there? It was, a, it was a work day too. I think like that was yeah. incredible. You have the Leafs game after, was there kind of a moment in all that where you realize how big this was and how much this meant to the city? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, there's probably this one, there's one moment on the bus we're traveling on, Forget what street that was, maybe Bay, mm-hmm. um, and we are seeing people in the in the buildings leaving their, I guess, standing by the windows, like leaving their desks and offices, and they're just standing by the windows and cheering, like so many, like all mm-hmm. the buildings full, full of people just looking at us, watching the parade, along with the the thousands of people that actually attended on a day that was really really cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a Monday, a work day. I was very surprised of, of how many people actually showed up. And uh, it was amazing. Uh, I, I, I honestly didn't expect that. And, and um, an amazing experience, that parade. Amazing. Like, no, I don't think anybody a part of that will ever forget that. Um, but when I when you see the people, how much people are actually following us and, and leaving their work to, to watch us, it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, the Raptors always got the advantage of, of being in the dead of summer. So, <laughs> they, they, you know, it was a little easier for the fans to go to that one. That was hot. That was, like, yeah. extremely hot. I, I think I'd take the, the winter. People <laughs> 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 were overheating. You can, you can prepare for the cold. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It was super cold, though. I'm not going to lie. Like, I was, <laughs> I was shaking, too. I, did, I probably should have dressed a little bit better. I was wearing, like, a pretty light roots jacket, but... Um, Honestly, like probably 10 minutes in, I stopped feeling the cold, if I'm being honest. So uh, it's all good. Yeah, I wanted to ask, uh, that MLS Cup win and your performance in that game, how important was that for you, for your confidence going forward? Because obviously you're able to follow that up with, with a massive 2018. And, and since then, you know, you've never really looked back. You're a starter now for Toronto FC. You're a starter for the national team as well. How big was, you know, that performance in that big game to, um, to, to really knowing you're were, you were back to your best self? Yeah, it was huge. Um, that that game is probably a turning point of my career, of me starting maybe to start to go into my prime. Um, gave me a huge confidence boost. I think in that game, I let everything out. I said, you know, 
I'm going to play free. I'm going to play the way I, I did as a kid. And plus with that hunger of just, you know, losing the year before and, and wanting it more this year. Um, it all came out and it all worked out for me. Um, one of my better games personally. And um, just gave me that confidence to know that, you know, in the biggest game, um, playing with, you know, so many big players on the pitch that I was capable of standing out. I think um, what I gained most was from that game was belief. The belief that I'm at that level and I could be at that level or higher or improve to be higher. So I think I took that and, I, I, and, and you know, I took my – I celebrated for a bit after, obviously, maybe a week or so. But then I was back to work and I was back to work focusing on next year because the next year uh, all I could think about was, you know, I wasn't a regular starter last year and, and that hurt. That hurt me. So – I was going to work this year and make sure that I'm a, I'm a starter for all of next year. Um, yeah, just took that in and ended up being the next year ended up being probably my best year to, to date. Now oh, that's, that is so cool hearing the, your perspective of like the 2017 season um, finals and then moving forward. Um, but one thing we do do um, with these uh, Northern pitch podcasts is we like to have a little bit of quizzes and we usually do um, them exclusively on our Instagram page, um, Darby mag. Um, but yeah. we know you have a pretty good memory. I saw you um, showing it in this interview as well as when you were on, um, on TV doing an interview, but we wanted to, wanted to test that. Um, okay. Okay. Cool. So cool. we got one that's um, pertaining specifically to the MLS cup, but then we got an, uh, another little one that um, has a little bit of a banter, a little bit of, just testing your opinion. Okay, uh, okay. So, so we'll start out with the first one. Um, in which minute did Josie score um, in the 2017 uh, MLS Cup? <laughs> um, okay. We, we knew you had a strong memory, so we, we, we had to Yeah, yeah. I knew, I knew, I know around what time. I just don't know exactly the time. Um, I know I was saying it earlier, earlier in, the, in this interview. I you ain't getting no it. help from us either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I noticed that. I like that. I like that. Um, I, I, I'm gonna say the seventy first minute. Oh, not bad. Not that's actually not bad. Um, it was the sixty seventh. Sixty seventh. Ah, so yeah. it was in the late sixties. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Because, um, I remember I still like like I was I was I was hurting I was cramping up in my hammies for some reason, and I don't that usually doesn't happen to me. But it was in that game, and I still, um, I didn't want to come off. But I did tell the trainer, I'm like, "Yo, I'm cramping. I got maybe like ten minutes." And he's like, "Okay, no problem, no problem." I don't think he told the coach because I had to tell them again, I'm like, "Yo, I'm actually cramping." Like fifteen minutes later, so that makes sense. Like I thought it was ten minutes later I came off, but um, I did last. I I guess remembering now, I I did last much longer than than I thought, and then yeah. So 67th. Yeah. Okay. I won't forget that now. Memory. Your memory. I wish I had that kind of memory, man. I really <laughs> do. Um, and then this one is a little bit more fun, a little bit of banter. Um, so speaking on celebrations, we're going to see which, um, which one of your teammates celebrations did you, did you like the most? And we want you to rank from, from favorite to least favorite. We got five of them. Um, okay. So we got, and we got your haircut, Sally. So when you when you uh, got that fresh trim, that yeah, little, yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, we yeah. have the Josie Shoe Selly um, with the Puma okay. boot. Um, uh-huh. We have the Seba Motorcycle Selly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we have the Jay Chapman, Cristiano Ronaldo, CR7 or JR7, whatever you want to call it. Um, Shelly that he was doing uh, and then the last one is the v- Victor Vasquez uh, jersey Shelly where, where he took that off uh, and we Ooh. remember we need you to rank these um, from from favorite to least favorite okay I, I'm gonna start from least to favorite if that's cool yep. yeah okay so least favorite for sure and everybody I think everybody in the whole world will agree with me <laughs> Has to, I be, I know what it is. has to be has to be J C seven. Jay Chapman, Cristiano Ronaldo celebration. <laughs> that was you know, I, I I thought that was so funny. Um And he did that you know, a lot. He, yeah, he did it more than once for sure. I, I he did it more than once I think and but I think the first time he did it, um he got a lot of grief from the guys. Um I was just laughing. I thought it was really funny um he him too like he he was just like i don't know it just came out of me like i wasn't even thinking <laughs> so that was funny but yeah that's for sure the least um next after that um all these celebrations are pretty good uh, I, I was gonna be super humble and put me mine mm-hmm. but i think uh, personally i liked mine better <laughs> than uh seba's motorcycle Seba's motorcycle, I didn't really understand. So I, I didn't really either. If I keep it, apart. I didn't understand. <laughs> so I was like, ah, you know, this is cool, but like, why? <laughs> I forgot to ask him. Actually, I didn't even ask him. But um, there must have been like a meaning to it. But the motorcycle one was was. Does he have right. a motorcycle? I haven't seen it, but uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, after that, I'll put mine. I'll put mine third. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. That was kind of like very improvised didn't plan on doing that nothing ended up scoring on the the first game after that haircut so was feeling fresh feeling fresh and decided to pull that out quick little vibe um, <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh so the these next two was tough um we got the Josie shoe Sally and we have the yeah. basket celebration yeah yeah that's tough man i like those both the Vasquez one, you know, has like a different element to it because it was the final. Um, you know, it, it's something that Messi just did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that. I like. The, I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna rate Victor's first and Josie a clo- like a close second because the, the shoe, the 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 phone calls is cool too. Um, but I think I rate Victor's number one just because it was in the final and I guess you know he was doing the Messi and he comes from Barcelona and mm-hmm. all that so for everything that it meant I think he's gonna take the top spot there I think I think we can all appreciate that so we'll just for the people one more time we'll uh we'll let them <laughs> know the order yeah. so number uh, one was the Vasquez uh jersey celebration mm-hmm. and then we have the Josie phone call yeah. and then we have your haircut Sally. We have Seba's motorcycle. We need to find out if he has a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll text then, him. I'll text him. And then the JR7. Um, <laughs> weird. Not Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> weird celebration. Um, but yeah. yeah, man. Thank you so much for, for taking the time 
and uh, and being on this. We really appreciate no, it. I appreciate it, man. It's my pleasure being on, guys. Thank you. Thanks again to Jonathan Osorio. Great getting some more insight into his 2017 season. I think a season that was pretty unique in terms of Toronto FC players in the sense that, you know, he spent a lot of it on the sidelines, uh, just trying to stay positive, trying to stay in a good mentality to, to get himself back in the team. And he was able to do that towards the end of the year. And um, once the biggest game came around and obviously a massive game for him, one that he says pretty much turned around his career. Obviously he was a starter before then, but I think that was the game where Jonathan Osorio went from, you know, being a consistent MLS starter to being an MLS star. And uh, obviously 2018, a career year and, and now, to this day, a regular starter for the national team and in Toronto FC as well. So um, just a testament to, you know, what, what waiting can do for you. Exactly. It's just hard work, keeping your head down and not letting the little things really, really get to him. And if you think about it now, when, when, when there's younger kids, um, younger generations thinking about top footballers, Jonathan Osario, his name is right there. Um, So it's just awesome for him to be able to come on here and, and allow people to hear, hear his story and, and just talk about the struggles, um, but then also the glory. Yeah, and he's there for a lot of good reasons, obviously, as well. Like we said, the mentality and and just the footballing sense that I think he demonstrated during this interview. He, definitely one of the smartest soccer minds in Canada. So, you know, I think even well after his playing days, you know, Jonathan Osorio's legacy is going to be huge in, in Canadian soccer. Um, let's get into the final quiz of the podcast and we have four quiz questions. We let Jonathan Osorio answer one during this. But the first question is, how many changes were there in the Toronto FC starting 11 between the 2016 and 2017 final? Who was the 2017 MLS Cup MVP? Which Toronto FC player has won two MLS Cups in Toronto? And besides Toronto and Seattle, who are the only other two clubs that have met three times in an MLS Cup final? Those are those are some tricky ones. Those, yeah, I, you know, I left some every, good ones for the end. Every quiz, every quiz, you just like you get deeper and deeper into your dives, man, of of research. And I just and it, I, it's funny watching people struggle with them on on social media. So just, yeah, you can you'll be able to answer those uh, at the Darby Mag Instagram page uh, on our stories. And check out the Northern Pitch newsletter as well. We're excited to announce that following this week's newsletter, we'll be going back to our regularly scheduled content with soccer coming back. We've got plenty of Canadian soccer news to bring you up to date on. So we'll be doing that on the newsletter and obviously very excited to do so. Um, Before we wrap up the show, I just wanted to say a few thank yous to everyone who made this thing possible. Uh, Ryan Abrams from Darby Magazine for all the graphics, including the weekly quizzes. Um, That was incredibly key to uh, the production of the show. Kevin Kennedy from Homestand Sports and Footy Talks um, for providing the platform. Obviously, the guests on the show, Joshua Cloak, Stephen Caldwell, James Grossi, Nick Hagland, Ashton Morgan, Justin Morrow, and of course, Jonathan Osorio. Tango, and one more, one more guest, one more guest that we're gonna have for a bonus episode. There you go, uh, bonus we'll, we'll, reunion we'll, episode maybe we'll, coming up. We'll keep that in the wraps. But thank you, you know who you are. Um, but nah, you you kind of you kind of hit it. Thank you to all the all the people listening. Um, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for for engaging. We appreciate it. Uh, we know it's a it's a tough time right now. It's a it's a weird time. Um, so being able to record this podcast and have have you view, listen listen to it and and give feedback was really something something fun and special uh, for myself. Yeah, absolutely. We hope that uh, in, in some way this show was able to brighten your days during this tough time. Um, but stay locked into the Footy Talks socials as well as Darby Mag. We've got some really cool stuff for you guys coming up. 
And uh, obviously we will continue to do so as the beautiful game makes its return.